0: Time is a precious thing, never wasted. Buddy D. what's your favorite color? When I get back in that room, you better be wearing nothing but a candy cane. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. Alrighty then, hello and welcome back. This is Storytime and I am Gamer Dude. Glad to have you with us for some more stories this week. Today we once again find ourselves in that null zone between Thanksgiving and Christmas. I call it a null zone because we're after Thanksgiving, before Christmas, we've had a lot of things happen with the family over for Thanksgiving. We're going to have a lot of things happen with the family over at Christmas. We've got gifts to give. We've got shopping to finish. We've got trees to decorate. But for these couple of weeks, right after Thanksgiving and before mid-December, it's kind of a null zone. It's almost like you're still stuffed from Thanksgiving and you're not quite ready to get up to speed for Christmas, but you know you got to get stuff done. It was always a tough time in school because you'd just come off that four-day break for Thanksgiving. You knew you were coming up on two weeks off for Christmas, so you had to get through that last three weeks of December. And no kid in school wanted to do that. We were done. We wanted to be off from Thanksgiving to Christmas. And as I got older, I knew, oh, we got to plan trips if we're going somewhere. I got to get gifts. I can't find this last important gift. Where am I going to find it? I got to get to the mall. Got to get into the city. Got to go somewhere to find this gift. So as I was thinking about this time, I got to thinking about the things that I remember from childhood about the period of time between Thanksgiving and Christmas. I remember my dad never decorated before December 1st. And this is back in a time when we weren't inundated with Christmas commercials and Christmas advertisements and Christmas catalogs and Christmas flyers. When I was a kid, there was an actual respect for the timeline. We didn't see Christmas ads in October or really until mid-November. And for the most part, we didn't get hit with Christmas advertising until that Thanksgiving week. And then the Black Friday sales would kick in and all the Christmas flyers would come out. Now, don't get me wrong. We got the Sears wish book. I want to say in September, maybe October. I've mentioned that in the past. If you're of a certain age, you remember the Sears Wish Book. That was the giant catalog that Sears mailed to your house. It probably only had 500 pages in it, but it felt like 2,000 pages, page after page of things to buy: toys, games. Yeah, stuff for the grown-ups too. But as a kid, we didn't care. We just wanted that wish book for the toys. But aside from the Sears Wish Book, we didn't get a lot of advertising until Thanksgiving. And decorating for Christmas before Thanksgiving? Oh, no. December 1st was the first potential date that my dad would consider decorating for Christmas. And even then, it wasn't December 1st, because that was usually in the middle of the week. It was usually a first weekend of December project when he would start decorating for Christmas. And even then, the decorating wasn't extensive. Like, I go out these days, and I've been going out for years. I put lights on the garage. I put lights on the porch. I put lights on the walkway. I've been putting lights and displays up for years. I like lights and displays. I mean, I'm not over the top. I'm not going to audition for the Christmas light fight. That's kind of crazy, some of the stuff they do. But I like it Christmassy. And Mrs. Gamerdude has things that she sets out in the house, and we put the tree up. We actually put two trees up. We have our family Christmas tree, and then I also have a fiber optic tree that I got for my mom after my dad died. She didn't feel like going to pick out a live tree. That was something she and my dad did. So I got her a fiber optic tree. The first fake tree I think she ever owned. But it's a real cool-looking tree. The branches are all fiber optics. They have a little light at the bottom. They have green pine tree-looking wrappings around the fiber optic wires. And then lights shoot up the trunk and they sparkle in all different colors. It's really hard to describe. I've never seen another tree like it. It's only about six feet tall. We have a little corner we can tuck it into. And we light it up because, well, it was my mom's. And also, it's really cool-looking. By the way, if my dad knew that I was putting two trees up in the house, he'd look at me like I had three heads. What's wrong with you? Why do you need two trees? Because it's pretty, Dad. (laughs) Okay, it's your house. But I got to thinking about my dad's rules about Christmas, which, for the most part, I kind of still follow. As with so many things, the things that we were brought up with are the things that we still do. We become our parents because our parents taught us this is the way you do things. And in a lot of ways, that influences you for the rest of your life. I've talked about vacations. Until recently, I was taking my vacations in August because that's when my dad took his vacation. With Christmas decorations, my dad didn't decorate until December. So for years, I didn't want to start decorating until December because that's the rule. That's my dad's rule. That's when you decorate. Now, in recent years, I've become a little less rigid, and Mrs. Gamerdude is very grateful for that. I mean, I used to have a cut and dried line December 1st, that's it. No decorations until December 1st. I mean, I wasn't a jerk about it. Don't get me wrong, I wouldn't sit on the couch and whine. But the discussion would be, can we decorate this weekend? And I would go, well, it's not December yet. But Mrs. Gamerdude would start subtly working things into the decor, putting the fall stuff away, bringing out the Christmas stuff. And you know, in reality, I don't mind. It doesn't matter all that much. It mattered to my dad, and I don't know why it mattered so much to him, but it did. But as the years went on, I realized, you know, it doesn't matter that much to me. I'm not sure that I want to see Christmas decorations before Thanksgiving. A month of Christmas decorations is fine, but my dad's rule was December 1st, and for the longest time, that's what I lived with. Now, one of the rules was live Christmas trees. I shouldn't say live, because once you chop it down, it's not a live tree anymore. I guess I should say real Christmas trees, natural Christmas trees. I've talked in the past about going out to the Christmas tree farm and harvesting our Christmas tree. It sounds so barbaric. But that's what you do. You go out, you pick a tree. Okay, kill that one for me, please. I mean, that's what we're doing. But my dad only wanted the natural Christmas tree. We had the option. We actually had two options when I was a kid. There was the artificial green tree, which back when I was a kid, those artificial green trees really looked artificial. I mean, it didn't look like green pipe cleaners on a stick, but it was close. And the other option was the silver tinsel aluminum tree. That's the one where you had a silver post up in the middle and it had holes in it. And each of the branches was one of those tinsel sticks. It's got pieces of silver tinsel on it. That's meant to look like pine needles, but doesn't really because it's silver. And there's like 50 or 75 tinsel branches on the silver stick in the middle. My dad hated those trees. I mean, I've seen them in offices. I've seen them in restaurants. They're fine. They convey the essence of the message. It's a Christmas tree. And it has the benefit of not being a fire hazard, for the most part. I mean, if you put hot lights on that aluminum, it will light up. But yeah, the aluminum trees, no. The artificial trees, no. We couldn't use those. We wouldn't even consider them. But I know people who did. Now, one of the things that goes with those silver trees, I don't know if you've ever seen the color tone wheel. You wouldn't have any reason to use it with a real tree, but when you had those silver tinsel trees, you couldn't really hang lights on the tree. Don't forget, the lights when I was a little kid, we didn't have those LED or LCD lights. We didn't even have the mini twinkle lights. No, I didn't have candles. I know what you're thinking. No, we didn't have candles. I wasn't born with Charles Dickens. We had those giant bulbs. You know, the ones that are about the size of your thumb. They're about four watts a piece, and by themselves, they're fine. But when you group a bunch of them on a tree, especially an aluminum tinsel tree, they get hot. So you couldn't put those on the aluminum tinsel tree. What you used was the color tone wheel. And what it was, it sounds weird, you had to buy a separate lamp for your tree. So the lamp had a wheel that turned slowly when you plugged it in. And the wheel was like a shade over the bulb of the light. And the shade was three different colors, red, blue, and green. And the shade would rotate over the light, and the light would shine on your silver tree and make it look red, blue, or green. That's how you lit up those silver tinsel trees. Now, we never had one of these because, again, we only had the natural trees. But I've seen those color-tone wheels at garage sales and at auctions and at flea markets. And I always wondered what the hell they were for because I didn't know. So I looked it up so I'd know. And now, so do you. The other thing we had to pull out for decorating was, of course, the ornaments. Now, these days, a lot of people have the specialty ornaments, the hallmark ornaments. When I was a kid, we had round balls. Okay, that's something you could say that sounds dirty at Christmas time, but isn't really. But we had round balls. That's all we had to decorate. Okay, we did have some extended balls. They were more oval shaped. Now, stop laughing. I know you are. Would you prefer ornaments? We could go with ornaments. We had round ornaments. We had extended ornaments. We had oval ornaments. Some of the ornaments were hand-blown. Now stop it. You know what we're talking about. Stop it. We had hand-blown ornaments, and all of those ornaments were made of glass. We didn't have plastic ornaments. We had glass. And I remember every year there'd be at least one shattered ornament in the bottom of the box. And we didn't have storage containers for ornaments. Nowadays you can buy storage containers where you have a separate slot for each ornament. When I was a kid, all the ornaments were in cardboard boxes, and you had cardboard dividers between them. And you might have a dozen cardboard boxes of ornaments. And when you put them away at the end of the season, you tried to be careful, but you knew something was going to break somehow between New Year's and the following Christmas. And it always did. We had other kinds of ornaments too, of course. I still have a couple of my parents' ornaments. A hand-carved gingerbread house with sparkles on it. Long before Elf was on the shelf, Elf was on the Christmas tree, we have some elven decorations, little pine cones, little plastic bird figurines you'd put on your tree. And of course, we made ornaments in art class in school, and those would always make it under the tree as well. Mom, I've made a popsicle stick snowflake. Oh dear, that looks so wonderful. And of course, she'd find room for it on the tree. But those were the kind of ornaments that we put on the tree every year. And of course, we had boxes that we would save the boxes of ornaments in. So that box would have to come down when we were ready to decorate for Christmas. And then you sort through and you figure out what ornaments are going to go on. We also had to put on the strands of lights. As I said, we had the giant bulbs, not the little twinkle lights. So we had to be careful. We couldn't put them too close together. We didn't want the branches getting too hot. As the years went by, we would replace the giant bulbs with those little twinkle lights. And I'm calling them twinkle lights. It's the bulbs that are very, very thin, as opposed to the bulbs that look like, well, bulbs. And those thin bulbs fit into ornaments, or they would fit into what I call the bubble lights. You remember the bubble lights? I don't know when they first came out. Obviously, after they invented those very skinny little bulbs. But those skinny little bulbs were just hot enough to heat up this liquid that's in this thing. It's hard to describe what it is. It's a vessel. It's a small little cup. With an extended cup on top of it. And inside the cup, which was sealed, was a colored liquid. And the bulb would heat it up and make the little lights bubble. So you'd have little bubble lights all over your tree. Now my dad didn't have those. I discovered those after I'd moved out of the house. They were cool, so I liked them. But I remember back in the day, when my dad finally decided to transition from the big bulbs to the little twinkle lights. I remember hating those little twinkle lights. I liked the big bulbs. I thought they looked more Christmassy. But they were... A, a fire hazard, and B, more expensive to run, so there you go. The other thing we pulled out every year was the tinsel and the garland. Now, garland was a rope of silver or gold, sometimes blue or green, sometimes a combination of these things, but it was a rope six, eight, ten feet long of these little short tinsel pieces that you would string around the tree. If you've seen popcorn garland, and I'm sure you remember me talking about that a couple of years ago, it's just a string that you put on the tree to brighten it up. So we had different kinds of garland we would put on the tree. I was never a big garland fan, but my mom liked it. And my mom and dad had bought a very short piece of garland on their honeymoon. Maybe it wasn't short when they bought it. Maybe it just shortened up over the years of use that they had. But that piece of garland always went on the tree every year. Always at the top, and mom had to put it on. The rest of the garland we kids could put on, or help put on, I mean, we were short, we couldn't reach too far up the tree, but we could at least guide its placement. And the other thing was tinsel. You've seen tinsel, those thin little pieces of aluminum that you hang on the tree that's supposed to look like icicles and never actually does. My mom loved tinsel. I don't know why, but she loved tinsel. But only if it was hung properly. And if you've ever hung tinsel with your parents, you know there's only one way to hang tinsel. You take a single strand of tinsel and hang it carefully on the branch so that it looks like it's going straight up and down. Now, a box of tinsel at the store was maybe 49 cents, and it would have a thousand pieces of tinsel in it. And I remember having tinsel every year and trying to decorate with it. And we were very, very good for the first eight or ten pieces of tinsel but after you're done with that, you look around, you make sure mom and dad aren't looking, then you grab three or four strands and you toss it on the tree, look around, make sure they're not looking, three or four more strands, toss that on the tree, check to make sure they're not looking, and by that time you're ready to throw handfuls of tinsel on the tree. And that's what we did. And mom always got mad at us, and the tinsel always had to come off the tree and get rehung properly, and we hated hanging the tinsel because it was so tedious. But mom liked it, so we did it. So we had the tinsel, we had the garland, we had the lights. And of course, we had to have a star. I remember one definitive star that we had, and it's got to be because of the era that I grew up in, but the star was a tinsel star. And by tinsel star, it's like they created a frame out of plastic, dipped the frame in glue, and then rolled it in tinsel. And inside the frame, they'd put colored lights that would plug into the lights that you had on the tree. So the star was lit, but it was also coated in tinsel. So it was really sparkly. That was our family star for many, many years. Now that decorating process would take most of the weekend because between my dad and my mom and three kids running around, it was a weekend project for sure. The other Christmas related thing that was really a big thing at the time was the Christmas cards. Not only the giving, but the receiving. Everybody sent Christmas cards. Everybody received Christmas cards. And boy, oh boy, did we get a lot of Christmas cards. I've talked about this before, but the display of the Christmas cards was as big a decorating decision as any other you could make. We had several different ways to display Christmas cards. One of the things I remember is my mom's Christmas card tree. And what that was, was a cardboard Christmas tree. It was made out of two pieces of cardboard that interlocked. You would slide them together. They'd fit perpendicularly together. So you'd have four branches at 90 degree angles in the shape of a Christmas tree. Each of those sides had slots cut into it. And in each slot, you could slide a Christmas card so that you would create a Christmas tree out of all of the Christmas cards you received. Now, obviously, you needed a big enough place to display that, which my parents had, but that thing would fill up with Christmas cards. We got dozens of Christmas cards. People from church, people from my dad's work, people from the neighborhood, everybody sent Christmas cards. And my mom very meticulously opened them all up, slid them into the slots on the tree, and we never looked at them again. But we had them. We had them on display, and we knew we received them. As the years went by and the number of Christmas cards went down, the Christmas card tree started looking a little sparse. So the display of the Christmas cards became more of a taping it to the doorframe kind of thing. But it was still important to display all of the Christmas cards you received. It was just the thing. You did it. And of course, my mom had to send the Christmas cards out to everybody who was sending us Christmas cards. And of course, if you received a card from somebody you didn't send a card to, you immediately had to get a card out to the person who sent you a card because you didn't want them to think you forgot them. Oh, there was a whole protocol with Christmas cards. Oh, yeah. You don't want to forget somebody you're supposed to remember. You don't want to send to somebody who doesn't send to you, especially if they're not close friends. You always had to send to the boss because you didn't want the boss to think that you'd forgotten the boss. You had to send to your friends from church. You had to send to the neighborhood because those parents are watching your kids as much as you're watching their kids. It's just the way it worked. So that Christmas card tradition, which was huge when I was a kid, is still something that I try to maintain to this day. That's why I still send out Christmas cards. It reminds me of Christmas. I like to remind people, hey, it's the holiday season. I remember you. There isn't the politics now with Christmas cards that there used to be. For me now, it's a tradition thing. It doesn't mean anything except my acknowledgement of, hey, it's the holiday season. But boy, back in the day, there was a lot of politics with Christmas cards. The other thing that happened during this null period, after all the Christmas decorations were done and while you're still shopping, is us kids, we would be fantasizing about the toys that we were going to get. We had already made our lists for Santa. We had already given our lists to mom and dad. So it would be during this time that we'd be thinking about, oh, if I only get the whatever it was that year. And there was always one gift, whether it was a bike or a Red Rider BB gun. Or a Nintendo. There was always something that you wanted. And you were always pretty sure you weren't going to get the big thing because it was really expensive. But, you know, you wanted to ask Santa just to be safe. Because you never knew. Like, one thing I always wanted but never got was one of the original G.I. Joes. Now, I say original. When I was a kid, G.I. Joe was still 12 inches tall. G.I. Joe, the action figure, was one of the ultimate boys' toys. I mean, there were a lot. Erector sets. BB guns basketballs footballs hockey sticks all traditional boys toys when i was a kid but the gi joe action figure for little kids oh man gi joe was awesome he got to drive tanks he got to carry weapons when i was a kid gi joe developed real hair back when gi joe first came out it was all plastic mold the hair was plastic the face was plastic everything was plastic but when i was a kid they developed real hair for gi joe i don't know how I mean, it's not real hair. It just felt like hair as opposed to hard plastic. But that was one of the big advertising things. G.I. Joe with real hair. He had hair. He'd have a beard. Oh, having G.I. Joe with real hair. And, and the Kung Fu grip. Oh, man. The Kung Fu grip let him hold on to weapons. He could hold on to rifles. He could hold on to the steering wheel of a tank or a Jeep. G.I. Joe with Kung Fu grip. And you know, when I was a kid, he wasn't just a soldier. He was into special missions. There was the astronaut G.I. Joe. There was the commando G.I. Joe. Oh, you could do so much with G.I. Joe. And boy, did I want a G.I. Joe. My friends had a G.I. Joe. We would play in the sandbox. I would get to borrow one of the G.I. Joes. We'd set up little battles. We'd have our little Jeeps. We'd have our little tanks. We'd get these whole elaborate scenarios set up in the sandbox, and then we'd play our military games. And that's probably why I never got a G.I. Joe, because my parents didn't want me to have a military doll. I don't know that they were really anti-war, anti-army. I mean, my dad served in the army. I don't think he was too anti the army. But they didn't want me having a G.I. Joe. And Christmas after Christmas went by, never got the G.I. Joe. I mean, it wasn't the end of the world. Don't get me wrong. I wasn't sobbing at night because I didn't get a G.I. Joe. But I just remember, my parents never gave me a G.I. Joe. No, seriously, I'm not bitter about G.I. Joe. I got a G.I. Joe years later as an adult. I still have it in the box and stored somewhere. It was one of those things that I got as a gift where, oh yeah, that's cute, I have a G.I. Joe now. Only 30 years too late. No, I'm not bitter about G.I. Joe. But yeah, that's the stuff that took place between Thanksgiving and Christmas. It was getting ready for Christmas, getting the decorations set up, getting the lights set up, getting the Christmas cards done, and then anticipating what Santa was going to bring. That's what we did between Thanksgiving and Christmas. I still do that to an extent, but I do remember those Christmases as a kid. And boy, it is... It's like the lead-up to the most magical time of the year, these few weeks between Thanksgiving and Christmas. As a kid, boy, that last week before Christmas was just like mind-blowingly difficult to get through because you were so excited. These next couple of weeks were the build-up to that. And I still think about that to this day. Anyway... That's going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening. As always, I can't thank you enough for your support. You guys are the best, and I really appreciate all the time you spend here. Until next time, you guys take care of yourselves, and I'll see you when I see you.